This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Today on the show, it's all about plastic-free July as well as creation care and how to tread lightly, as we always say on this earth. It's myself, Lauren Jacobs, and it's a voice of change time here on Cape Pulpit. It is so good to have you with me for the next hour. And yes, we're going to be talking about creation care, plastic-free July, and not only just reminding you to make those necessary plastic changes, but also to know how and why our faith should impact how we care for this earth and of course on a simple level it seems rather plain doesn't it to go yes you know from the garden of eden we had this mandate to steward the earth well to look after it to be kind to it to take care of it but we have to often think if we are living up to that mandate and if we are living up to that mandate how great it is and what a beautiful blessing it is to the earth and so today i'm going to be joined by Kezia from Creation Care in Singapore and that they are an amazing group of students who are really really stewarding the creation well and teaching others how to do that. So Kezia is going to be joining me first on the show and then later on the show Aideen Peterson is going to be joining me to talk about her journey towards veganism and how that has impacted her life and also why she made that change for necessary health reasons. Now when we talk about veganism we are not saying that everybody needs to be vegan but it's important to hear why people make those decisions in life. Oftentimes I have encountered people who are quite hesitant to go into those waters to talk about veganism because it can seem as though if you're not vegan someone else is judging you. And so today we want to create that safe space on the show where Aideen can share about her journey and just give us some tips on how to reduce you know animal consumption and to increase consumption of more plants and plant-based things and so it's all about the creation today and this is really the theme of the month of july you know internationally as well as nationally and today on the show i really feel so strongly that god really wants us to focus and think about how we care for the creation although yes this is a a topic that is now being spoken about and it is a sort of a movement we need to think about how we can be better stewards of the creation as believers and that is the essence of the show today so i'm looking forward to having you with me and so kezia is with me after this don't go anyway kezia it's so good to have you with me today thank you so much for taking this time to be on voice of change i know that you are out in singapore which means that you are way ahead of us time wise but it's good to have you on the show and welcome no worries thanks so much lauren for inviting me to speak Uh, I'm really excited. You know, it's so interesting when we talk about the creation, we talk about climate, we talk about caring for the earth and the huge responsibility that Christians have and that faith Mm. communities have in that. But firstly, you are involved with Creation Care in Singapore. Firstly, tell us a bit about what Creation Care, the organization itself and what you guys are all about doing. Yeah, so Creation Care Singapore Um, It's kind of like a Christian community. We're actually all made up of students. Yeah, so there's like eight of us. And what we kind of hope to do is to encourage 
more Christians and in turn also churches in Singapore to love and care for God's creation. You know, not just because it's like the in thing to do now or it's mm. some yeah, hype movement in a sense, but really because, you know, that's what God kind of calls us to do back in Genesis. Um, yeah, when he calls us to um, take care of the world and to just steward the resources that we're blessed with. And yeah, I think really a part of kind of like caring about God's creation also reflects um, us as his image bearers mm. and the traits that, God himself reflects and yeah how he would like to care for his world and his creation that he's made through us humans hmm. yeah. I love that you mentioned about you know bearing his image as well what is, and what did that means you know what it means in terms of what we think about with the world with the earth with every single thing that we do and how we need to be living as image bearers and I think that that is so important. It's such a challenge. What have you seen within faith communities in Singapore where you are? You know, have you seen faith communities being more open to the conversation on caring for the creation, on speaking about those kind of realities? Because we know in many different countries around the world, there's kind of a sense that some people have of like, well, we're not actually, we don't actually have a problem with the climate. There is nothing really happening. And so, you know, then there's the other part of it where people are saying, well, actually, I, you know, whether that is true or not, I still have a responsibility. Have you seen people becoming more awakened to that reality of caring for the earth, caring for creation and, and living sustainably, thinking more of these things, not just because it's a movement, but because it's, it's a conviction? Mm, yeah, I love how you say, you know, it's not a movement, but it's a conviction. And I think that's something that Creation Care Singapore has really been trying to go for. And yeah, I think in my conversations with all my friends over the past uh, recent months, I guess, or even over a year, uh, more, and pe- more and more people are getting to know more about Creation Care through like the work that we do. So for example, we host... Um, bi-monthly like beach cleanups or also nature guided walks and through these kind of like outreach platforms then we're able to kind of share more about God's heart for creation care and in these discussions with the people that we reach out to we also hear from their um, point of view on how they've been able to experience um, God's love for creation or being able to kind of see um, these sustainability issues through like the biblical lens Hmm. and yeah coming to also realize I guess that um, the creation care narrative um, has always been there in the bible but I think it's a narrative that's often overlooked Hmm. Um, yeah but it's really still an integral part of the gospel and how Christ is redeeming all of creation and renewing it. Hmm. I love that you mentioned that and I also was thinking you know, about where it talks about in the Old Testament where God's people, when they were going into the promised land, he gave them that, you know, mandate to let the land rest every seven years. And it was a renewal for the land as well. 
you know, not to, to be taking anything out of it, but to allow it to rest. And when they didn't, that was, you know, as a theologian, I've always reflected on how that is one of the realities that God brought in. And then also when his people disobeyed that it was actually one of the realities that led them to be exiled uh, into Babylon. God says, you didn't let the land rest. You know, I love the land and, and it's, it's so important to me. And I think that we miss these things. Like you said, it's always been there. It's always been in the Bible in different aspects, Old Testament, throughout the Gospels as well. And yet uh, it's like we need to come back to it. It's almost like there's a renewal uh, that we need to see this with fresh eyes and and look at it and take it to heart almost. Yes, exactly. Mm. Now it's Plastic Free July, and I know that this is a time around the world and here as well where we get excited about, yay, we can start telling people, you know, please, again, you know, that old thing of like, please don't use that plastic straw. You know, please don't take those plastic bags from the store. Please bring your own. Please don't use those plastic cups. You know, we keep on going like that, but it is, it is still remains a challenge. And so how can we encourage, what would your encouragement be to individuals to say, hey, it is plastic free July, but maybe this isn't just about making, you know, commitment this month. Maybe it's longer than that. What would your challenge be just to individuals and actually also faith communities? Because when we get together on Sundays in our faith communities or whatever day we worship on, you know, we sometimes have buy food or we sometimes do things. How can we do better as faith communities and as faith individuals? Right. Yeah. I mean, that's really a tough question for people. Um, I think, I guess the challenge would be, you know, before every decision that you kind of make, um, be it um, purchasing something online or what food um, choice you're going to make for the day. I guess you kind of have to maybe ask yourself, like, do I really need this? Um, Yeah, and kind of just slow down before your decision and just think twice. Because I think, um, I mean, consuming things, you know, to live, we have to consume, right? And I mean, God has blessed us with these resources and the world for us to experience and for us to kind of, um, yeah, steward and innovate. But sometimes, I mean, the main problem, I guess, is overconsumption, right? Mm. And that's also, from a Christian standpoint, that's not really the best use, I would say, of like stewarding uh, resources and uh, being very considerate too, you know, because these over this overconsumption also has implications for yeah more marginalized communities or those who are mm. um yeah more, will be more heavily affected by climate change and yeah so I guess it's really kind of asking yourself yeah do I need this and um I guess if like for brothers and sisters would be like is what I'm doing um yeah reflective of God and something that I guess is Christ-like in a sense. Yeah. Mm. And and that overconsumption also is is so much part of the conversation about, you know, like fast fashion. Do we really mm. need things? What are we always, why are we always consuming? And then it also leads to that conversation about waste. You know, often you'll buy food and you know, because of that overconsumption and just thinking I need this or I want this, I want this. And then you don't utilize it and then you throw it away. 
And then there's all of those realities. And like you said as well, when we think about marginalized communities, and I have heard and read that, you know, people who are contributing the least to the climate Mm. crisis and the climate change reality, you know, are those who are being most affected and will be. And that's an interesting conversation as well. Yeah, no, for sure. I think, yeah, another reason, I guess, for like creation care, um, yeah, is the fact that, you know, like loving creation is also a way of loving our neighbors. Hmm. Um, Because I think often a lot of times, especially, um, yeah, in like developed nations, especially like Singapore, um, I'm very, I guess we're quite like sheltered here. It's like a little bubble. And yeah, we don't, yeah, we don't have like natural disasters and yeah, we don't really see those on like the sidelines. Um, so I think we're, yeah, quite, I guess, sheltered and that's when it's easy to forget, you know, that our choices and our decisions do have an impact on um, those around us. And those are, yeah, these are people that God caused us to love. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I always think of that, that post that we always see and we see it quite often where it says like, oh, one straw doesn't matter, said 8 billion people. You know, that is the reality <laughs> to us. It's like, oh, well, one straw doesn't matter. One plastic bag doesn't matter. Or, or, you know, what I'm doing today doesn't matter, but it does. If we all say it doesn't matter, then it all adds up. And that's exactly what you're saying to us as well. Caring for the creation is also loving God. And it's also loving one another and that is that is our highest calling and you know i know it's challenging for individuals and faith communities but what about our workplace you know when we talk about um, sustainability in our workplace we talk about caring for the creation caring for one another how can we because maybe there's people listening i'm sure there's those who are listening that are going okay maybe i need to do something in my workplace what can i make more sustainable what can i make better in my workplace how can i encourage people to care more for the earth what kind of messages or tips would you give people who are saying hey i want to bring this challenge into my workplace yes i'm good at recycling at home for example but how do i do this at the workspace Right. Okay. Well, I am a student, but I think it can apply to anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess, um, I mean, one thing is really, yeah, just, I guess, leading by example. Um, so I guess, you know, for yourself, I mean, for anyone in the workplace, uh, for example, the kind of food that you buy. And I think, yeah, food, I feel it's, um, I mean, it's a very communal activity, you know, mm. um, oftentimes we go for lunch or whatnot, and it's with um, our colleagues, yeah, with friends and like for me myself I'm pescatarian and I try to be vegetarian when I can Mm -hmm. so of course going out with friends or people around me um they'll see I don't really have like meat on my Mm -hmm. plate and then you know sometimes then they'll ask why and that's where a conversation begins and I have the opportunity to be able to share with them uh, why I do what I do and also it's a great avenue to share about the Christian faith too so I really do see how it's kind of like an outreach um, opportunity as well. Yeah, to kind of just share more about uh, creation care and how Christians uh, do care for the environment and mm. should also care, even though I think that's not something that um, the world often sees or like thinks about if they like think, think Christians and them caring about the environment. Mm. 
Mm. Such a good point that you make there. And we need to be people that shine our light in so many different ways. And mm-hmm. I think it's important that you mentioned as well as to consider what we eat. I know later on the show today, we're going to be talking about veganism. And I know that not everybody can live that lifestyle. Different people mm-hmm. have you know, different health realities that they need to, to, you know, think about certain things. I know I'm a flexitarian, so I do consume bits of like fish or chicken, but it needs to be in moderation and it needs to be with thought. And it needs, Mm. I I think that what you're challenging us on as well is very, very good because we need to think about what we eat, how we eat, you know, and where do we get our food from as well? And how are these practices harming the creation? Is there so much thought that can go into it and sometimes it probably seems quite overwhelming for people if they've never thought about it deeper. Do you, do you think that sometimes it's overwhelming and people go, Oh my goodness, I really don't know where to make a change. I don't know how to do this. And sometimes it can be quite overwhelming. Oh yeah, for sure. And I've definitely experienced that myself before. I think it's quite easy to kind of, um, feel quite demoralized, I think, and dejected by, you know, all the news that's happening around the world. And yeah, just overwhelmed with kind of like everything is like, oh, I can't use like, yeah, plastic and like, I can't eat meat and all of this and that. But I think um, I've, like that was when I guess I used to see environmentalism or caring for an environment. It's more of a secular issue. But I guess now that I've also come to realize that, you know, God, um, and Christianity redeems all areas of our life. And yeah, it's really, it's all encompassing. Then I've also begun to kind of see how um, my choices is not so much like um, for myself or like necessarily just for the world, but really um, a way of me honoring God. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no matter how big or how small um, your decision really has an impact in like the larger scheme of things uh, God still honors you a little bit right so mm-hmm. I think that's a huge uh, perspective shift for me mm-hmm. and makes it less um, overwhelming mm-hmm. yeah when I kind of see it like oh I'm doing this for God you know and it's the way um, that I love him mm-hmm. sure that's so so cool I love that you mentioned that And I think as well as just those small steps. And today, if you start with maybe taking reusable bags to the store, not buying plastic, it is, it is a way of loving God and it's a positive step forward. And it can just start with just that one thing. And I found in my own life a couple of years ago when I did that, because that was the first change I made, I automatically started thinking, well, I don't want to use plastic cups anymore either. Like if I get a smoothie or something from the store, you know, and it just naturally almost seems like there's a wonderful progression that happened. Your heart has just moved and it's, it's so powerful. And I think that there's so many ways that, you know, Christians already care for the creation by appreciating nature or going for walks and doing those you know, like gardening and, and making good choices for your garden that encourage bees and, and birds and like other animals to come and visit your garden and gives them food there. And it's just beautiful that we actually are doing these things, but then we can think about ways that we can do more and more. And I think that that's really cool. And it's part of just caring for the creation is also loving the creation and, and spending time in nature. Do you think that that's important as well? Yeah, I know, definitely. I'm so glad you actually brought that up. Because I think, um, you know, to be able to kind of like care for something, we have to be able to care about it. 
And so you can't really care about it if you don't know about it, right?、Mm. And、so、that's why I think it's so important to kind of like be able to slow down and just spend time in、uh, creation. And yeah, I think it's a really good way to kind of just、um, take a break, I guess, from like this fast-paced world and from tech, in in the like no slowness. Mm. Then in the stillness, then God can kind of like speak and move, and I think, like for me at least, spending time in creation also, yeah,、uh, increases my capacity to like love it and appreciate it, and also just be more in awe of God and His creative mind. You know, like、mm. how everything in nature is just so wow, like perfect and down to like every minute detail. It's like. Wow, none of this happened really by chance, you know. But there's really a creator behind all of this, and I think re- that really increases like your awe、mm. and wonder of Him.、Mm. Yeah, definitely. I'm so glad that you brought that up as well. And I think I've heard from so many people how they just connect with God when they are in nature, or when they are, you know, by the ocean, or when they're in the field, or when they're taking a hike, and it's. It's so important.、Mm-hmm. That is so part of this creation that we're talking about, and and caring for it, and loving it, and connecting with it. And so, Kesi, I want to say thank you so much for being with me today. It's been such a joy to speak to you, and I really pray all the best for you and your fellow students. You know, working with Creation Care in Singapore, it's so great, and for the love and the care you have for the creation, and also for other people. So, thank you so much for being here today. No, thank you so much, Lauren, for this opportunity. Really enjoyed our conversation, and yeah, just really excited for what you're gonna do with this podcast and everything. Thank you so much, Kajian. Take care. Thank you. Hey Dean, it's so nice to have you with me today. I'm really, really looking forward to really talking about veganism, but also your journey, and then also you know challenges to people and what we can be thinking about. Earlier on on the show, we kind of started touching on what we eat, how to care for the creation, how we need to think about what we eat, and how it impacts the earth, and all of those important realities. But before we get into that, welcome to the show. It's so good to have you with me today. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> you know, it's so it's so interesting. I think when people hear veganism, they Probably kind of put off a bit with it, like okay, I'm changing the station now because these people are going to tell me I can't eat my meat anymore. <laughs> But you know what? Everybody has their own journey, and and everybody's on that journey. So tell us a bit about your journey. What led you to this lifestyle that you have been on, and very strict vegan for a while, and this has been your journey, and it's been a deep one.、So、tell us a bit about that. Um, sure. I just started thinking. Consciously about you know what I'm eating and you know where it comes from and learning more about the, the farm,、uh, about farms and about where animals、um, how they're treated at the farms etc. And I started learning at first about the inhumane way that animals are being treated at at most farms and、mm. you know sell the the meat and the products animal products and. I thought, wow! Like, I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to condone that mistreatment of animals、uh, to have it on my plate. So that initially was what led me to just going vegan. And、um, as I got into much deeper in the journey,、um, I actually learned a lot more about, you know, the the chemicals and things I put in the animals and 
all the, the negativity that, um, that it brings in your skin and your body. And when I got really sick, um, I stopped, I stopped um, being vegan for a short period. So I was vegan for about 18 months to a year. Mm-hmm. And then COVID hit, it was really difficult to keep up with the lifestyle. Um, and then I started eating meat again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really sick. Um, my body just completely rejected um, animal products. And that's when I realized that, you know, my body can't take this. And um, after eating clean and green for, for that time period, um, I decided that, no, I'm going to stick to this and go, you know, all, all in, no matter what. And it's such a, it's so rewarding when you, you actually see how your body is so satisfied and so much more energized and healthy um, and safe also from all the toxins and the chemicals that they put in animal products. So, yeah, that's what, what, what led me and ke- is keeping me on this journey. Mm, I think you're touching on something important as well, and that is the fact that there are oftentimes real health concerns and real health realities that touch people that actually they have to stop and consider what they're actually consuming. You know, you mentioned you mentioned skin as well, and I know that a lot of people actually have a lot of reaction to dairy products, say, for example, or eggs or even meat, you know, when your body is not able to digest this. And it, it does take a lot, I guess, to kind of maybe look at what you're eating and saying, actually, this could, you know, what I'm struggling with in my body can really be affecting, you know, is, is affected by what I'm eating. So there's that, that connection as well. And, and that's kind of what you're saying to us is that you have to look at it and you have to say, maybe what I'm dealing with physically is connected. We know actually a lot of the time it's connected to what you eat. And that's been part of your journey as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, what animals eat and, and, and we eat animals and then that goes into our body. So there definitely is a link um, and all the illnesses that has um, been, you know, going back and forth between from animals into humans over the past, you know, centuries. It's, it's, it's crazy. Hmm. And, and this is quite interesting, you know, as you've been on the, in, on this journey and as you've been eating the way that you do, and also, one of the things is that people, a person can be vegan and also be actually eating a bit unhealthy. You're also talking about clean eating. You're talking about green eating. So that is slightly different. Not so there's a difference between, I mean, you can be vegan and consuming lots of vegan donuts every day, right? It's like, there's a difference. And and for you, it is also about really living a healthy lifestyle. Yes. Yes. It is definitely about that because you want to, um, you want to live as long as you possibly can, God willing. And um, we should take care of our life here on earth. We should take care of the life that we have. Um, this, yes, this is our earthly body, but it's our temple and we should take care of it, you know, however way we possibly can, whichever way we possibly can. Hmm. Yeah, that's important as well. When we talk about the creation, we know that exactly what you said earlier on, it's that there's this reality of knowing how our meat is coming to us, 
knowing mm. how it is being farmed, knowing what is happening. And as consumers, I, we need to almost look at that. Isn't it important to look at it and to know where, where we're getting our food from? How are these animals being treated? And that's kind of a challenge to us as well, because we are so far removed as consumers from, you know, from animals. We just go to the store and we can buy what we're looking for. But if we knew deeper and we researched more, then that knowledge is quite empowering and it helps us make better choices. And that sounds very much like what you did. Mm, yes, no, definitely. I, um, it's about being mindful of, of what we put into our body. Um, you know, like I remind myself, I tell myself every day, like, think before you eat, like look at, at the ingredients, look at the stuff that you are eating because uh, like you said, you can eat, a vegan diet, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's, it's all that healthy. So we actually need to look at things because sometimes there are preservatives that are um, that has toxins in that has, that's not um, vegan. So you know we need to you actually need to really do your research and digging deeper in the specific things that are in a product before you consume it. Hmm. Now, how have people responded around you, you know, with, with the lifestyle that you, your lifestyle choice that you have, your convictions that you have, have you found that sometimes it's quite difficult? People don't respond like always very well, or maybe they feel slightly defensive when they're around you and then they, they want to eat something on the braai and, and you're a vegan and you haven't said anything, but they just basically don't feel very comfortable. What if people really, res- you know, how they responded to your lifestyle choice that you're leading? It's it's been tough. It's still difficult. It's a lit a lot less um, difficult than what it was when I started because once I actually just stand my ground and I was like, you know what, this is what what I believe personally, and this is what I'm doing for myself and for my body and my health. So I'm not really bothered about you know the comments, the opinions, you know the jokes. When you go to a bride, people are like, what are you going to eat? And so I have. It's been it's been tough. Like people are still getting the adapted around this whole veganism thing around plant-based, etc. cetera. Um, because society has, has made us believe that eating meat is healthy. Doctors have, have made us believe that eating dairy products, etc., is healthy when it's not always the case. And I mean, we need to actually investigate, you know, is it really healthy? Is it really good for us? Is it really meant for us you know Mm. so um, it's been I'm still I still get like you know back backlash from people I in my family everybody eats meat and they find it really strange when when I visit other family members and they are like why don't you eat meat and and you know that's where you get your protein from and so I feel like people should really just like do more research like there's various ways of getting iron and protein, et cetera, not necessarily from animal protein or animal products. Hmm. That's, that's so interesting, you know, when you're talking about this and just all the mindsets that we have and just the way that we learn and even we think of the food pyramid that we learn in school, you know, it's very specific as to what we should be eating. 
And it's good to look at how we are taking care of our bodies because that's so important and how we are caring for the creation and our responsibility to the planet that we have. Now, if people want to start making changes, I know that not everybody can be vegan, but there are changes that people can make to their diet. What would you say would be some of the first things, the kind of tips, like what can people start doing to, you know, get into a diet that's maybe less animal protein based, even if they have a bit of animal protein. So, but what kind of changes can people make? And especially if people can't have dairy, because that affects a lot of people, what kind of tips would you give them? I'd say start small. Um, start by, you know, maybe um, going, starting with a, with a vegetarian uh, sort of diet diet um that's how i started and start small and gradually just ease your way into going full on vegan it is it's a big adjustment um so you need to one make your body adapt to this new diet um to this new change in what you're eating so um start start small and you know bit by bit each week incorporate something new or each day or each month something new until you you get the hang of it um some people try you know buying pre-made meals like there's a lot of brands out there that make pre-made um vegan meals that you can just pop in the oven or the pan etc and add your other veggies with so it's a lot easier and then maybe that doesn't fit your pocket you know do pulses and beans and just make stews etc and also get to know the quantity of iron and B12 and calcium that you need to get into your body type and weight and height, etc. Um, also, and your blood type, etc. Um, learn that, learn about that and, and incorporate the right amount into your body because um, everybody's different. Somebody maybe needs more iron and B12 like me, I'm low blood. So I need to make sure that I get a certain amount of iron and B12 for my iron intake on a daily basis. So I focus more on dark green, leafy vegetables, spinach, broccoli, etc. Um, and my B12 I get from my plant-based milk. So it's it's sometimes it's it's gonna be like trial and error, what works mm-hmm. for one one plant-based person doesn't work for the other. You need to think about your your lifestyle. Do you have the time to meal prep? If yes, then you can do so. If not, then get ready-made meals. Mm-hmm. Um, the options are are so diverse today than what it was maybe two, three, four, five, ten years ago, mm-hmm. where you can go into a pick and pay or a checkers, etc., and get things that are vegan. Whereas 10 years ago, you couldn't. It was certain things and people eventually, some of them just gave up. I mean, I was there. I was like, Mm. no, I can't do it. And then start again. But every time that I did start, I realized that there are more products available and it's easier now. Like five years ago, there wasn't vegan cheese. Now there is. And I'm like, wow, this is so cool. Mm. (laughs) So, oh, and incorporate that into your diet and, and see how you go. Listen to your body as well, because your body will tell you, you know, if what you've eaten is actually, if it works, you know, if you've, how do you feel after you eat it? Are you satisfied? Are you feeling, you know, bloated? Are you feeling Mm. good? Feeling 
you know, like, wow, that was really good. Like I'm energized. Just listen to your body as well. Hmm. That is really, really good advice there. What I love about walking away from having eaten a vegan meal is that you actually never feel bloated or never feel like overfull or never feel like, ah, oh, I can't digest this. You know, there's just a, a sense of, of that was satisfying and and that is awesome and like you're saying as well we have so many more options now as consumers to different kinds of products and there's lots of markets lots of vegan markets and lots of vegan places where you can go and eat and and even vegan fast food places if you're into that you know you're looking to swap out your you know, beef burger with something else. You know, there's lots of those places. I know that I tried a vegan restaurant with my husband who's not vegan. And um, yeah, he absolutely loved it. He was like, you're telling me this isn't vegan, you know? I mean, this isn't got meat in this is vegan. I'm like, yes. <laughs> so there's so many more options available to people. And like, I love what you said as well, just to start small, introduce things, swap out things, try things. And I think that that is really cool. And the fact that we have more options today is really wonderful. And I think it's important for us to know that we need how we want to live on the earth, how to take care of the creation, how to also, you know, think about what we eat, be, be really conscious of how we want to live and the impact that we want to make on the earth. And in closing, Aideen, what would be your final message when we think about the creation as we're reflecting on taking care of our planet, looking after the animals, taking care of ourselves? What would be your final, final message to the listeners today? I would say with regards to animals, um, I always think, you know, how, how would the person, how would you like to be treated if you were an animal? So if you, if you know that a certain farm or place is mistreating animals, why would you still, you know, buy from them? So always like think about that. Think about the longevity of things, um, especially like going all eco-friendly as well. Think about the longevity of products. Are you be will you be able to reuse it? Um, because can't afford in this day and age to to use disposable things that are going to mess up the planet. Um, we have to think about the next generation, our kids' kids, you know, mm-hmm. um, when someone littering or plastic bag or something, it's going to come back to your doorstep in a couple of years' time because it's not biodegradable. So think about that. Swap out things that are actually um, safe to use, you know, and w- with regards to food that are safe to eat. And, and think about that. Um, think before you eat, basically, like when you are, look at what you're putting into your body. And, and then you decide. Hmm. I love that. Good advice there. Hey, Dean, thank you so much for being with me on the show today, giving us a glimpse of your journey and also the challenge of what it takes to sometimes think deeper about what we consume in the earth and how we need to be mm-hmm. thinking of how we're trading on it. So thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much to my incredible guest today for being with me it's been a wonderful show now i want to tell you something else about plastic free july 
I know that we want to get practical in our faith. One of the best ways to be practical is to join a beach cleanup. Now, I know that there are communities and individuals who organize beach cleanups all over and I encourage you to really really join one but one that's going to be happening in our local area down at the Milneton Lagoon this week Saturday this weekend at 10 a.m. is being hosted by Save a Fishy and it's all about yes plastic free July a beach cleanup and also you know really really just getting on the beach being part of a community who are caring for the earth and so you can join this beach cleanup happening on Saturday, the 9th of July, out at Milneton Lagoon. And the meeting place is by the parking lot just past Lagoon Beach Hotel. Everything will be provided for you. Bags, gloves, sanitizers, every single thing you need. So you know what? It is school holidays. Why not take your children out? Our children actually really, really care about the creation. I know a lot of young children who are actually turning vegan. A lot of them who are hosting their own beach cleanup. So take your children. Go on down to the beach. Go on down to Milton Lagoon. Get involved. Get cleaning up. And then also Save a Fishy is having a Mandela Day beach clean up and that is an important important reality as well on the saturday 18th of july and that's at 9 30 a.m and it's at mullerton beachfront again in front of the lagoon beach hotel and it's all about being there on mandela day but also making a difference cleaning up again and then they're also collecting canned food for those who are need people dogs and cats so if you join Save a Fishies Mandela Day Beach Cleanup, you can please bring along a can of food for the animals or something for other people who are really, really in need. If you want to know more, go on over to Facebook to Save a Fishy. Zoe Prince Lou is the founder and you know I really wanted to have her on the show today but she could not make it onto the show so I just really wanted to share with you everything that she's been doing she was on the show I think about three years ago and we were really talking about this foundation that she founded as a teenager when she was in school still and now Saber Fishy is doing such wonderful things so I really want to give you this opportunity to join with the community and it's a wonderful community of people that meet and that do these beach cleanups and also cleanups at the Mulleton Lagoon, which is super, super important. So don't forget that's happening this Saturday, 9th of July, 10 a.m., you know, right there at the parking lot past Lagoon Beach Hotel. And I'm really grateful for people like Zoe and many others who are really, really cleaning up our beaches, cleaning up our lagoons, being there, being present and doing this all the time because they care for the environment. And so today, as I end off the show, I want to ask you, what are you doing today to care for the creation? How are you making a difference in your neighborhood? One of the big things that I notice in my neighborhood is that people don't recycle. And it is it is so strange to me because I lived in another neighborhood a year ago and everybody recycled. So the neighborhood I've moved to now, no one is recycling even though we get recycling bags. So maybe it's a challenge to me and a challenge to you to get people in our neighborhood to recycle because it's the it's the first step. It's a first step of creating a better life. And also don't forget to, you know, don't use those plastic straws unless they're biodegradable. Take along a straw. Try and find, you know, plastic cups that are also biodegradable or don't take them at all. And don't forget when you go to the store, don't take a bag, but take your own 
bag. Some some stores have now made it compulsory, really, because they do not give you plastic. And if you forget your bag, the bags that they sell you are quite expensive. So they're really, really forcing us to be intentional and mindful about what we do. It's been so great to be with you. I pray that, as always, you've been blessed and inspired by today's show. And you know what? Thank you for what you're doing for the planet today. If you're someone that's a planet warrior, eco-warrior, thank you. Thank you for your contribution. Thank you for your work. And it's so, so incredible. Until next week, take care and God bless. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.